Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Steal the Puck podcast episode 11, the show which talks about everything Sheffield Steelers related. Today I'm by myself, the podcast is just going to run as it normally does, we go through what happened at the weekend, what's coming up this weekend, well today in fact, as we face off against the Belfast Giants in just over three hours and a half, so we'll see what happens there. Straight away we'll get into it and we'll have a look what happened at the weekend. So the Steelers... Since the last podcast, have played three games. They beat the Dundee Stars, beat the Nottingham Panthers, and then subsequently lost to the Guildford Flames on Sunday. That was after overtime. So against the Dundee Stars, the Steelers went 1-0 down after Sanch scored for the Stars, and the Steelers equalised through Robert Dowd in the second period. Brendan Connolly scored the winning goal eight minutes from the end. The performance itself, I don't think, were too bad. I think it was um, quite a few people picked up on it on Twitter. It was certainly not a entertaining game as such. I think a lot of people would agree with me on that, but the fact that it was almost like we were in first gear for the entirety of the match. Now, this is something the Steelers have done for quite a long time. It's a, It seems to be a way that they play, especially against the Stars, who, although they did take the lead in the first period, they didn't really look value for the win. They were certainly playing it more of a... It, well, as good as they could probably get at the arena. They were, scored the goal probably in number two, and their approach to the game was more sit back, let the Steelers come at them. Now, that usually works if they're going to sit back all game, defend everything, and then maybe look to nick one towards the end. Obviously, I think they maybe scored their goal to be which allowed the Steelers to come onto them and subsequently win the match. Dowd getting his goal in the second period was um, a bit of a hammer blow for the Stars. It looked to be anyway from the air, from where we were sat. It was, you could see the body language of the Stars change from organs blazing, defending it out to, oh dear, we need to really come back at the Steelers now. And that's something that they're not necessarily capable of. Though they did beat us earlier in the season, which was a, a credit to them. Um, but I think you could see from that point on the Steelers were going to win that game and Brendan Connolly scored a tap-in towards the end of the game and you could see that that just sunk them completely. Yeah, they did have a few chances towards the end, um, almost broke us down, but it wasn't going to be and we'll move on to the game against the Nottingham Panthers. So, Steelers took the lead through Scott Allen, Danny Christo and Scott Allen again making it 3-0 in the third period. Jeremy Welsh got one back for the Panthers, but it weren't going to be enough as Daniel Champini scored on the power play towards the end of the game. The Panthers game was very much a carbon copy of most that they've been this season, where the Steelers were dominant from start to finish. Although the scoreline probably doesn't suggest a, a massive beating, 4-1 was certainly value for the Steelers. Um, I think... The Panthers of the whole this season have been very poor against the Steelers. As we know, it was announced the other day that they have lost all six games in the league to the Steelers and have only actually beaten them once in a Challenge Cup game. With a rivalry such as the Steelers-Panthers, you wouldn't expect that to happen. It's certainly something that hasn't happened before. Well, what I've seen before, I've never seen the Steelers win all six league games against the Panthers. And... Credit to the Steelers' side, obviously they're still chasing a, a title, although it is sort of coming away from our grasp a little bit more than it was in December. 
against the Panthers on a Saturday night could always, always undo you. You know, it's um, it's certainly a sticky game to do, to play in. It's not one that the Steelers will have been looking forward to on the calendar because the Panthers could have turned up and uh, put a number on us, really. But And that's something you'd have expected with the um, head coach being Corey Nielsen. Corey Nielsen, a very um, well... Well, he's a he's a gaffer with a good CV, as you'd say, sort of in their more football terms. But in terms of hockey, he's a, he was a big coach to come into the Panthers, especially when they were on the slump that they are. But it just seems as though he's not really been able to turn a corner for the club. And I think them coming to the arena on Saturday, the Steelers certainly um, rose to the occasion. Four well-taken goals as well, um, obviously. Panthers did get a bit of a consolation from Jeremy Welsh, but that's always going to happen in a in a game um, of that calibre. On the Sunday, the Steelers faced off against the Dundee St- uh, the Guildford Flames. Um, Guildford have beaten Sheffield now all three times that they've come to the arena this season, whereas Sheffield have beaten Guildford all three times that they've gone to the uh, Guildford Spectrum. So it's certainly been a very split series this season. Um, Daniel Tedesco opened the scoring for the Flames. Brett Newman equalised for the Steelers. Ben O'Connor uh, scored for the Flames in the first period, and so did Tedesco get his second. 3 1 at the end of the first, but Robert Dowd and Marco Valorant did claw the um, gap back for the Steelers, but Tate for the Flames added the fourth to make it 4 3. Scott Allen then equalised shorthanded in the third period, but Brett Ferguson won it for the Flames. Now, as a game as a whole, it was a very, obviously, chop and change game. One team going in front, well, in front twice in the game, well, three times if you include overtime. But um, it's, again, it was a chance for the Steelers to put to bed. Um, Well, enhance their capability of trying to win the league. But unfortunately, the Flames took the extra point. Now, Flames are also in the title race, we must say, only trailing um, Belfast by two points now, going into the last stretch of the season, the last six games. Guildford do still have Belfast to play. So therefore, it's certainly not over in terms of a competition. And uh, the Steelers trail by five points. I think we're more or less... The outsiders now, Cardiff definitely the outsiders on 71 points. Um, the Steelers do have a mountain climb if they did want to win the league. Now, had we have won that game, we'd have been within four points of the Belfast Giants. And obviously we're playing them tonight, but we'll come on to that next. Um, Guildford, as we've said, two points behind, still got the Giants to play. Um, they've still got the Giants to play one time at the um, at Belfast, so... Sorry, there is actually only four games to play. I'm getting mixed up here uh, with a few seasons ago where we used to play 56 games in a season. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be why people are confused if you're listening. Um, four games to play. Steelers have got five points to claw back on the Giants. Today's a big chance to at least get two points back and put the pressure on the um, Belfast Giants. And I think from this point on, we need to win out if we do want to see ourselves with a chance of... Getting, uh, getting any silverware. As we were just talking about with the Guildford game, it was very, um, well, it was never really one side that grew into the game as, you know, the favourites. Um, and it is a shame that the 
the Flames, as we've said, took the extra point 30 seconds into the um, the overtime period as well. So we didn't really have much of a chance in overtime to show anything that we could do. So other than that, I think five points out of a possible six is certainly respectable. We all wanted the six points, as you always do. But we got the needed points against the Dundee Stars and the Nottingham Panthers to put ourselves in a position where we are still battling. Obviously, I think everyone would have wanted to take the two points off the Flames and we did put ourselves in within a chance of that, but never led once during the game. So I don't think we can really look at that and think it's a missed opportunity, more of a... More of a, I don't know, one we've one we've let slide really. So looking towards this weekend, um, obviously this section of the uh, podcast is called "Is it looking good?" Um, no, no, it's not. Um, Belfast away tonight, so that faces off at seven o'clock. I thought it was seven thirty usually on a Friday, but unfortunately I'm wrong once again. That won't be for the first time. Um, so, as we usually do, we'll look at sort of the standings, but I will mention that the Steelers do trail the Belfast Giants by five points going into this game with four games left in the season. So, looking at the form table, in the last five games, it is Belfast in second with seven points and us in third with the seven points. So, that's it's showing that we're quite evenly matched in terms of the last five or so. Um, Belfast did lose the Cardiff Pebbles just the other day. So a team that are in fourth. Um it's it's one of the it's one of them really. They, they obviously they I'm just getting them up here on a the old uh, flash scores just to see where they drop the points. So yeah, they lost three one against Coventry um, at home on the fifth of March, which is quite a while ago now. But they also lost five four in after overtime to the Cardiff Devils. So as a team themselves, they've shown that they've been absolutely outstanding, really, all season long. They're well worthy of the 78 points um, that they've already picked up. Obviously, we've lost twice so far when we've been there, once in overtime and once in regulation. Uh, the regulation game was certainly a lot closer than most expected. Um, when we went into that one in January, um, or was it February? I, I, I can't quite remember, but we went into the first game very much and put ourselves on the back foot almost immediately, really, when the Belfast uh, Giants went 2-0 up. We did manage to claw it back, obviously, throughout the game, but we never put ourselves into a position where we thought we were going to win the game, um, which is something we've done quite regularly this season. Uh, the Steelers going into it took five points, obviously, from last week. Belfast... Um, took just the two points, uh, three points, sorry, away from Cardiff. Um, so it just shows that it, anything can really, really happen. Anyone can beat anybody in that top four. Now, Steelers do need to put a marker on the Belfast Giants, though, because we have lost two of them now twice at home and twice away. Well, sorry, uh, twice at home. We beat them once at home, lost them twice at home and lost to them twice away, but we did gain a point in one of the away games. So we've took three points away from Belfast this season. So it's going to be very tough tonight. Um, I don't think anyone's particularly thinking that it's not going to be, that it's going to be easy because it's really not. Belfast have got um, a few players back from injury. I've just seen that Ben Lake has uh, come back from a bit of a period on the uh, on the sidelines. So I don't know what the term is for hockey. 
but he's come back in. There's another guy on the fourth line that's come back in for them. So I'm pretty sure someone said Gabe Bast was also coming back in. Uh, so there's rumours of that happening. And obviously the Steelers, back, Latal will be back in the lineup tonight. Um, Brennan Whistle, Brandon Whistle, should I say, he's not going to be in the lineup tonight. So we um, we don't have one key player there, obviously, in Brandon Whistle, who's certainly come to life this season. He's, um, I think he surprised a few with his, uh, his goal-scoring antics this season. So we'll, we'll see what comes of tonight. I think, as far as I'm concerned, you can't see it going too brilliantly for the Steelers. No, that's not um, not as positive, positive as I want it to be. But it's one of those things. I think as the season as a whole, it's it's a game that could be could be very difficult for us. I hope not. I hope I'm proved wrong. I do hope we can get the two points or at least get an overtime here. Overtime, well, take it to overtime, should I say. But I think it's looking unlikely, but we'll do the predictions later anyway. So... Moving on to Sunday, obviously four o'clock at the arena. Um, we take on the Cardiff Devils. So there's two very big games coming up this weekend with us playing first and fourth. Only seven points in between those two. So it just shows how tight-knit the top of the league actually is. Against the Devils, I think it's certainly not going to be an easy game. Um, they've come to the arena twice this season already. And pretty, pretty sure they may have took both of the points against the Steelers. Let me have a look here. Oh, no, the, the Steelers did beat the Devils five goals to one in the Challenge Cup playoffs. But other than that, in Sheffield, the Devils beat us 3-1 and 3-2. And in Cardiff, the Steelers beat them 5-3. And let's have a look here. 5-2. So. We've certainly been okay on the road against the Devils, but not necessarily as good when they've come to the arena. Obviously, we had the Challenge Cup game where we decimated them 5-1 and subsequently went through to the Challenge Cup semi-final that I don't think any of us want to chip on for a foreseeable future. Um, the Steelers should should be full of confidence, really. Depending on how tonight goes, it's tonight won't be an easy game as I've already said and I think all the confidence stems from tonight if we lose tonight I think we'll go ahead and lose on Sunday but if we can pick up something from tonight and take it into the last few weeks of the season I think we we have half a chance I, I really do and um, I hope we can yeah I hope we can gain something from tonight obviously against the Giants and then take that in with us onto the Sunday and beat the Devils. But I just have a feeling that it could spiral us if we don't get something tonight. So that's been the previews and we'll answer some questions next. So, is the um, is this week's uh, questions? Obviously, on Twitter the other day, I put out about your listener questions, which has been getting quite a good uptake uh, recently. So, we'll uh, go through some of those. 
So, Matt Carr has asked, Cardiff have today announced they're doing raffle tickets for an NHL trip at a five at a pop. What are your thoughts on the Steelers offering something similar to mix it up a bit? Maybe even do it annually if successful? Or would you say it probably wouldn't be cost effective? Now, obviously for most hockey fans in the UK, a trip to see an NHL team play would be something they'd consider a good uh, good raffle prize. Now, it, uh, you can see why they've put it up for a fiver, because I'm guessing that the flights, uh, accommodation and the game ticket itself would be an astronomical price to um, ask for for a quid. Um, it just um, Going on to the last bit you put, uh, would you say it's cost effective? Now, they'd probably need... I've, I've, look, let me try and work it out in my head. So, a fiver a pop, thinking about how many people have entered a ticket, probably... I mean, you you got to get at least... I don't know, really. Like, How much would you would they put towards the club? How much would they put towards everything, like the flights and all that? It's a, it's a difficult one, that, because you don't know how many people are going to go and get it, like, go and buy a ticket. At the end of the day, they're going to have to have, have a certain number of people. Maybe they've planned for that, so they know that a certain amount of people will put a fiver in. Um, obviously, they'll have had to pay up front for the trip itself. Um, I think it's certainly a reach, but it's not something that the Devils wouldn't be able to be successful with. I think they're a big club. They've got... They sell out the rink every week. They have probably more fans than their capacity suggests. So, um, I don't, I don't know really. I can't see the Steelers doing something similar. I think the Steelers are more focused on selling a game day worn shirt. Now, I see it quite a lot when it's announced on Raffle that there's obviously an online um, competition that you can put a pound in and say, I'm pretty sure the other day there was Brett Newman's shirt, something like that, um, up for say, oh, sorry, up for a raffle, like you buy a raffle ticket, um, and that's a quid a pop. Now, I don't know the figures for that, but it must be successful enough that the Steelers do keep running it on Twitter. Now, it seems like we run it quite, maybe too often, and um, this is something obviously Alex Briggs picked up on in the podcast the other week, we do it far too often where it's more like we're always trying to sell, sell, sell. Now, maybe from Steelers' perspective, that's a good thing to do. But I think the Devils will probably earn more money from this competition alone. And I think it's maybe something that other clubs should look into doing. But if we can see that happening um, in the not-so-distant year, I don't know. Um, Obviously, I don't run the club, um, and it's up to them, really. Um, so, obviously, you said, what are your thoughts on the Steelers offering some, something similar? They do obviously offer something similar, but on a much, much lower scale. Um, it's probably a case of trial and error, really. They can try and do it once, but they would have to put quite a bit of money aside in order to pay for the accommodation and things like that. So it's more or less a gamble because no one knows how much of an uptake um, there's going to be for it. But I do think it's a good idea. You know, it's uh, something the devils are certainly getting behind and um, I hope they're successful with it because it is a good prize at the end of the day. Any hockey fan would want to go and see a game in America. Well, in America, Canada, I'm not quite sure. Is it? it might be Vancouver. 
Um, so yeah, who do you think is going to be in the best? Sorry, who do you think is in the best position to win the playoffs? Um, to be honest, with the playoffs, uh, Connor, I don't think anyone's really in a great position because they've always got to go to the uh, to the playoff weekend and try and win it. So I don't think you can really look at a league position as such. Obviously, the Steelers last season were in a good position to advance the playoff weekend, but instead we we lost. So there isn't anyone, I don't think, that can count their chickens and think, oh, we're in a good position to win the playoffs. I think you probably, if, if Belfast do win the league, you'd look at Belfast as who want to try and win the Grand Slam. I think that's probably a team that's going to be probably favourites going into the playoffs. I think maybe Coventry. Coventry have put the performances in where they they just look very good, don't they? You know what I mean? They've got the big results, but they've also took defeats where you don't actually expect them to. So I think, as a whole, I think Coventry will probably go and win the playoffs, if I'm being honest. Um, that is if Belfast don't take their formidable form into the um, playoff weekend. Isaac Mallinson, so any players in our league you would be looking to poach? Serious contention too, because I love Conway, but I can't see him going to go going to Europe or maybe back to the AHL. Now, I wouldn't want Conway that much. Yes, he's a good goal scorer, but I just, from what I've heard about people, what people say about him, he just doesn't seem like the sort of person that the Steelers would need in the locker room. Yes, he scores goals. Yes, he gets assists. But whether you'd want that sort of player in around the dressing room is a different story. I haven't seen that firsthand. It's only rumours. Scott Conway could be the nicest bloke on earth. But from what I've seen on Twitter, people are really dead against him coming to the Steelers. And whether he would or not is a completely different story. He would probably be best off going back to the AHL or um, a more challenging league in Europe because he probably doesn't belong in the AHL with just how good he is. In terms of trying to poach a player, I've always liked the um, like the look of um, oh, what's his name now, Brett Ferguson. But I don't think he'd ever come to the Steelers. I, I don't know why, but obviously Cali Akrid did. He was sort of in that team with Brett Ferguson at the Flames a few years ago. Now, Brett Ferguson's obviously a good goal scorer. I don't think he'd come to the Steelers, but I would really like to see him here. Yeah. Weirdly, I've always liked Dallas Erdart as well for the Manchester Storm. He's a good British defender and um, big body as well, but he is the captain of the Storm and I really can't see him coming anywhere near Sheffield, to be honest, because of how he, how he always plays against us and how he um, uses his physicality to his advantage. Obviously, he's a big guy, always on the power play as well, first-line defender. He's, um, he's probably Manchester's main man, really, in defence, but I would love to see him um, in a Steelers jersey. I'd, I think he's a decent player as well. Obviously, he plays for Great Britain. And, yeah, I've, I would like to see him. If we could poach him, I think it'd be a, a good signing. I think the other one is an obvious one. I think I'd like to see Anthony DeLuca back in, in the Steelers. Um, I think he's got unfinished business with us in a sporting regard. Obviously, he did get... Um, had to leave the Steelers because of drugs-related issues, but that's obviously not his fault in a way. 
taking drugs in Canada, coming back to the UK with it still in his bloodstream. So don't think it was particularly his fault. Yes, he might have done it, but it wasn't illegal where he was. It was just found in the bloodstream when he got back over to the UK. So I think he was probably dealt with quite harshly um, in a way, especially given there was a Manchester Storm flare a few weeks after, found with um, other drugs in his system that got much less of a, a punishment. So it's up to, yeah, obviously it's up to the Steelers, but I'd like to see DeLuca back, just given how good he was at scoring goals especially in the first couple of seasons with us. Last season, he didn't get much of a look in due to the whole thing that whole debacle that kicked off about the um, the drugs use. But again, I don't think it was particularly his fault as such. Josh Talbot, do you think our good run of results against Nottingham in Nottingham will help us in the playoffs? We obviously play well in their barn. Now, I think from this, from my point of view, I think we play well in Nottingham because Nottingham are crap. I don't think it's particularly anything to do with the barn itself. I think it's probably to do more with the fact that the Steelers have such a stronger side compared to the Nottingham Panthers. I think the playoffs are always a lottery. The Steelers haven't been in the playoff weekend um, since 2018. I think it's probably time we do make it. Obviously, we didn't make it last year. COVID hit in 2020. Um... 2021 we had the uh, streaming series and 2019 we lost to the Cardiff Devils um, and didn't make the uh, playoff weekend 2018 we lost in the playoff final to the Devils year before that we won it so it really is down to the Steelers um, getting there I think we haven't we weren't in the best of form running into last week we had lost quite a few games leading up to it I think if we're going to take the form we have now into the playoff um, playoff weekend where there's the quarterfinals, I think we should be fine. But if we drop off towards the end of the season, I think we'll do exactly what we did last season and lose to a side we should be beating and have been all season. I think if we got the um, five flyers again, which I doubt it because I don't think they're going to quite make it into the playoffs, I think we're more likely, if we finish second, I think we'll get someone like Glasgow or um, or Manchester. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near Coventry. I really wouldn't. I think they're a um, they're a good side. I don't know if we would get them because I don't think we'll drop down to fourth. But if we did, I wouldn't fancy his chances at all. I think the Dundee Stars are out of contention, so it's one of them. I I really hope we do make it to the weekend because at the end of the day, once you're there, it, it's anyone's uh, anyone's game really. So. As I say, it's up to the up to the how the Steelers perform. It's not not down to Nottingham or um, anything like that. It's not down to playing in their arena. Um, I think on the other hand, I think if we do draw the Nottingham Panthers in the playoffs, I think we'll get to the weekend. I think most people would agree on that as well because winning all six games in the league against the Nottingham Panthers is it's a good achievement because I don't think it's happened before. Or if it has, Jonathan Fairley would be a man on Twitter because he has all the stats. So, I'm not too sure. I think if we get there, it's a lottery. I don't think it's anything to do with um, the rink itself. Julie, if you could interview anyone in the current EIHL and ask them only one question, who would it be and what would you ask them? Um, In the current EIHL, I'm not 
too sure. Maybe I'd go down the route of Ryan Finity and ask him what, why he played with such a physical style when he was a coach. Because this season, the coaching's obviously changed. It's now Matt Ginn and the Manchester Storm are not even half the physical side that they were in the past few years. And it's worked for them. You know, they're in a position now where they're certainly looking stronger. They're looking more of a hockey side instead of a, a side that's just going to turn up and uh, try and beat you all over the ice. Obviously, they have the small rink as well. So the physicality used to be used to their advantage. But they sit in sixth position um, in, on 46 points. So again, it's not been a great season for them. But And obviously, Coventry do sit 20 points ahead in the place above them. So. I think Manchester changing their style um, is certainly something that was eyebrow-raising for me at the start of the season because the physicality was almost their forte, yet they used to finish 8th or 9th, 10th, like not make the playoffs. So I think if I could ask one question, it would be to Ryan Finnerty of what he saw in that physical hockey and why he persisted in playing it and why he sort of, I don't know, wanted his side to play like that given the fact that if they stopped being so physical and wanted to try and actually play hockey that they could be in a better position and you see this season they're in sixth so technically now they'll probably play Cardiff if they um it, sorry they'll play us if they, if we remain in third so they've put themselves into a position where if they play us they've beat us at their home rink twice this season so they have every chance and um, it's good to see, really, in terms of... It's it's nice to see in the fact that they're not as physical as they used to be because it used to be horrible playing Manchester because you never knew if one of your players was just going to be out for the season via a hit from... Um, what was his name? The big defender, Lyndon Springer, or something like that. So, yeah, it's um, it's nice to see. I would ask Ryan Vinity why he played such physical hockey. So, Barry the Baguette, um, obviously the spongy bread item, uh, retro nights were great from with with the different music adding to the atmosphere and everyone had commented positively do you think the club will take this on board or will we just keep getting the same old boring rinse and repeat match night entertainment entertainment in quotes I think if um, I will plug my uh, my other other podcast episode the other week with Alex Briggs he makes a lot of good points about regarding the um, entertainment at the arena and how he tried to change it up. Um, I think it's mainly down to the fact that the Steels sort of like to use the older entertainment. I think there's more of a a focus on the new fans coming in. Um, and if they've not experienced the Steels before, they'll hear this music and associate it with the Steelers. Now, I've got to admit, I'm, I don't really go there for the entertainment myself. Um, I more go for the hockey. Quite um quite an analytical person when it comes to watching a game. I prefer to watch how players are playing, um, and how the team's playing as opposed to what's going on around me. But that's just like myself, really. It's um there's a lot of people that will go for the for the drinks and the entertainment. I think the entertainment from from my uh, point of view, when I do sort of pay attention to it, I think there's a lot of yeah, as you've said, rinse and repeat, um, such as the. Lion King thing where we'll raise a baby above his head. So, I mean, that's good. Say if you do it once or twice a season, you know, it gets people a bit more engaged. But if you're doing it every game, it sort of becomes a bit more annoying. Um, we have the 
song where it's Freddie Mercury uh, shouting his AO to the crowd. Um, I mean, that happened the other week when we were 3-1 down or something like that. And um, it just became really annoying, actually. And uh, I think we need to change up the music quite a lot. Obviously, the retro stuff, people commenting about the Elvis leaving the building um, and other music that was played that night. Uh, they had the old sound system as well in place. They had like the board that they did the um, music with up in the White House the other day uh, for the two games at the weekend. I think, obviously, it would have been nice for the older generation of Steelers fans as well because they'll have heard stuff that they'll have associated with the Steelers when they were younger, but the newer newer fans won't have known it as much. Now, I think there should be a thing of mixing it up a little bit in terms of the music, in terms of what we put into the match night atmosphere. Um, and also maybe if it's getting quite heated, if it's sort of a match that could go either way. And there's been occasions where this has happened, where fans have been really up up for the game. There's been a few hits, maybe a fight, something like that. And then the Steelers will just play a completely sort of ridiculous song or something like that to kill the atmosphere. Or even it's happened a lot where that's happened, where it's heightened the atmosphere. And then some silly song will come on and people dance to it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. That is what hockey's for at times. But when it's like that, maybe just don't play play music. You know what I mean? It's um, it's the crowd would feed off each other's energy more if music wasn't in place. So, and that's my opinion anyway. And that's um, that wraps up the questions for uh, this week. And um, it's been a bit of a shorter podcast uh, today, given the fact that Scott hasn't been joining me today because he's got quite a lot on. Um, at the minute, so for the next couple of weeks it probably will be me, unless I find uh, a guest to come on, which um, I am in the process of, so hopefully soon we'll have some uh, ex-Steelers players on as well. Just before we go, we'll do a um, a quick 4.4 forecast for the weekend and tonight against Belfast I think it's going to be a tough one, I think the Belfast Giants will really try and come at the Steelers, probably look to get an early couple of goals, but I do actually see the Steelers getting something out of the game and as much as as much as I, I hate like being too positive about it I do think the Steelers will be looking to get maybe well hopefully get the two points out of it tonight I, I can see us definitely coming out with a point so I'm going to go for a 4-3 overtime win for the Giants leaving the Steelers to come out with a point obviously we don't want the Giants to be getting the two points because it does put them in a good position for the league title as opposed to Sunday, I think the Steelers, as I've mentioned earlier in the uh, programme, that will feed off of whatever we get tonight. So we'll take into Sunday as many positives as we can. So if we can get something from tonight, I do think we'll go on and win on Sunday. So I'm going to go for his 4-2 Steelers victory on the Sunday. Um, if we do lose tonight, though, I'm going to go for a 3-1 defeat on the Sunday. So, bit of a mixed bag there, and um, I'm going to get say three points is what we're going to come out of this weekend. Thank you anyway, guys, for listening. I hope you have enjoyed. Um, we'll be back here on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday next week. So, uh, hopefully Scott's back, but if he's not, it'll be me again. And yeah, as I've said, hope you have enjoyed, and we'll see you later. <laughs>